0: This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation. During last week's Oval Office address, we saw racism on display. Racism is always based on lies. It always has been and always will be. President Trump's address was more of the same lies he has used since he announced his presidential run coming down that escalator. He used those lies last week to try and justify his border wall, the signature issue of his political campaign and his administration, which people on both sides of the political aisle have said has nothing to do with border security, won't solve any of the problems he named, but everything to do with Donald Trump's central message, which is, you should fear People who aren't white. You should fear people who aren't white. That's his message. The wall would be Donald Trump's 2,200 mile monument to white supremacy. That's what the wall is. Many feared that night that Donald Trump would designate his falsified national security crisis a national emergency, call it that, which would then justify his bypassing the legislature to fund the wall. And ever since the speech, that's all he's been talking about. Such an act would violate the separation of powers in the Constitution, continuing Trump's regular dismissal of presidential protocols, practices, and the rule of law, and would potentially be a first step on the road to dictatorship, This is what autocrats like to do, extend, exercise their executive power. Thankfully, Trump did not make that decision that night. Yet, if President Trump concludes from this episode that he can invent an emergency, a national security crisis, to justify ignoring the limits of the other branches of government, the survival of our democracy, is in grave danger. People of faith need to get ready to respond strongly if and when he takes this step and demand that Congress stand up to him for our democracy. Let's be clear, there is no national security emergency at the southern border. There is, however, a humanitarian crisis that Trump has helped create, the one at the border. This crisis at the border is one of his own making. Migrant children have been stripped from their parents. Children and families have been detained in cages. People seeking asylum have been held in deplorable and dangerous conditions. The real humanitarian crisis at our border involves women and children who have walked thousands of miles and are not given the opportunity to legally plead their cases on a timely basis the crisis is about children like jacqueline Cal, marquin seven years old felipe gomez Alonso, eight years old who died while in the custody of customs and border protection after separately making their journeys From Guatemala. Remember, no matter what Donald Trump says or implies, applying for asylum is not illegal. It is protected under both US and international law. That's what most people currently at the border are waiting to do, exercise their right to apply for asylum. In the face of Donald Trump's lies, we must continue to stand up for the truth. It's never been more important. To speak up and stand up for the truth, Jesus said, only the truth will make us free. And Donald Trump is calling for a national emergency based on gargantuan lies. It's also true that Trump's reckless government shutdown is causing another humanitarian crisis in America. As is so often the case, the people who will be most negatively impacted by the shutdown Are some of society's most vulnerable people who as Christians we are commanded in Matthew 25 to treat as we would treat Jesus Christ himself that's what the text says already government workers are losing paychecks already our families struggling to deal with rent and mortgage payments and medication and food and shoes for their kids already and you're hearing those stories all over the country From ordinary people like so many of us and if the shutdown continues it will make large numbers of people literally hungry and homeless as vital nutritional and affordable housing programs are cut so people will be at the doors of churches and and shelters and pantries and food lines because they won't have enough to eat if they cut food stamps and cut housing assistance, and guaranteed housing vouchers, people are in serious trouble all across this country. Within weeks from now, the U.S. is still the richest country in the history of the world. It is more than equipped to handle a humanitarian crisis like the one facing thousands of families at the border, while also protecting its own population. I and other faith leaders do not oppose border security. We want humane solutions that work and protect people on both sides, of the border. We can improve surveillance and control at border crossings and ports of entry to reduce the illegal drug trade, make smart investments to decrease the backlog of pending asylum cases, and use more humane and effective alternatives to detention. We can also take sensitive steps like increasing guest worker visas to better reflect the demand in the U.S. economy. It's important for Congress to pass the needed funding bills to restore the operation of government agencies without approving Donald Trump's 2,200-mile monument to racism. Talk to your member of Congress. Talk to your center. Tell them they must reopen the government, and they must not approve that wall. Reject the wall. Reopen the government. Then, when the government's reopened, Let's debate what common sense, humane border security should look like on a bipartisan basis without holding the basic functions of government hostage in the midst of a coming, perhaps soon coming, constitutional crisis and a humanitarian crisis on the border and throughout the country for the most vulnerable. There must be a deep response. It must be a cross-sector political moral and religious response to the genuine crisis we are now locked in. As part of our role in civil society, the voices of faith communities across all our religious traditions must become central and clear and courageous. Blind and compromising political support for Donald Trump is no longer responsible. Nor is silence Out of the fear of politically divided congregations. Both support and silence must now be named as antithetical to the gospel and the teachings of Jesus Christ and the first principles of all of our faith traditions. No more transactional agreements with this president over policy matters that ignore his personal and public amorality. Not only is democracy at stake, but the integrity and credibility of faith is now at stake, especially for a new generation. We must now prepare to respond, both spiritually and strategically. It's time to come together to discern the times we are in and commit ourselves to responses that change the narrative and seek the very soul of the nation. I believe we should begin to prepare with prayer and fasting, to ask God to make us ready for what lies ahead. This is Jim Wallace for the Soul of the Nation.